Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Wednesday, February 15th. Welcome back to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. I got Matt Norlander here with me. We got a lot to get to, including the ongoing situation at NC State. But I wanted to start uh, by looking back at that incredible Kansas comeback over West Virginia. It was Monday night. We recorded the last Ion College Basketball Podcast on Sunday night. So we haven't spoken here uh, since that incredible victory. Uh, I think everybody knows the details by now. Kansas down 14 with less than three minutes to play in regulation. KU fans are leaving Allen Fieldhouse. Dick Vitale is uh, uh, offended greatly by this <laughs> development. Uh, you tell me. I know you wrote about it, Norlander. How does Kansas come from 14 down with less than three minutes to play in regulation beat West Virginia? Well, they effectively press a pressing team. They only allow West Virginia one field goal attempt in the final three minutes and West Virginia fails at the line and Kansas doesn't but still when you watch the play out it was it was pretty magnificent it it felt really like like voodoo GP because you know and in that building until you defeated this is why they've only lost 10 times under self it's it's wild and they have never lost uh back-to-back home games with self self has not lost in a series against a team uh, since he was at Tulsa, which is insane. So, you know, in league play, you'll play a uh, home and home, you know, every every year with with so many teams. And he has gone like 107 or 108 series in a row without being swept by a team. Bonkers to me. And Kansas has not lost two straight in that building since 1989. So, uh, and, and there was a lot of fallout from it, in my opinion, because you had Frank Mason, who was really, really good again and kind of maintained his position Number one player of the year. Disagree. Disagree. Really? I'm going with Caleb Swanigan now. Okay. I know that. I know you filed that Wednesday morning. I had not seen. So, okay, you go with Swanigan. Fair enough. There's definitely something to be said for that. But you had that. You had Kansas, you know, staying firmly on the one line. Kansas, you know, staying ahead in the Big 12 race. Now, they still got a, they got a game at Baylor here. That's, you know, if they win that, then the league is definitely done. But if they lose it, um, you know, we could see. But uh, with all of that, and then West Virginia will still get a solid seed, but it could have really had a good, good chance at stealing a two-seed down the road. I think that's now off, off the board here. And I got to think that Huggins will forever not get over this game. It's just... It's an incredible deal, man. That it was the I detailed it the next morning. There have been there have been great comebacks overall, like you know, and collapses. But in terms of the double digit comeback with less than ninety seconds to go, essentially, we've had four of them in the past eleven months. This being the most recent one, but we had that insane Nevada over New Mexico in January. Right. We had one that people don't realize or forgot about high point came back from 13 down against Morgan state with like a minute and a half to go. And actually it's the only of the one of the four they won it on a buzzer beater that completed the comeback. So it was like the most dramatic one. And then of course last year, the tournament, uh, it's still just statistically the greatest one because no team ever except for Texas A&M has been down by 12 with less than a minute to go and won a game. And obviously that happened. So we've got a, a fun little trend that's developed here in college hoops. So you mentioned that Kansas got a two-game lead uh, in the Big 12 standings with only five games left to play. If they beat Baylor this weekend, I agree with you. That's a wrap. Uh, it would make it a three-game lead with four to play. 
And two of KU's final four games are at home against TCU and Oklahoma. So you got to think they're going to handle those. So even if KU loses at Baylor, I think at this point it's hard to see them not at least getting a share of their 13th straight Big 12 title. And that is all the byproduct of that incredible comeback against West Virginia. Like we've been talking uh, literally since the preseason uh, back into the summer offseason, like can Kansas make it 13 straight? We now have the answer. Um, it's, it's yes. I mean, they're, they're probably going to win it outright. And if they don't win it outright, it's just very difficult to envision a scenario where they don't at least get a share of it. I mean, it is going to be 13 straight heading into next year, right? Yeah, this is pretty much a wrap here, GP. I, I even think with a, with a loss against Baylor, I think it's imminent. This game meant that much in the standings. And when you look at what Baylor and Kansas have remaining, I here's the deal. They're not going to not be it. So at the very worst, it's going to be tied at the top of the standings. Obviously, you know, you're aware of that as well. West Virginia is way out of reach at this point. And with a two-game – how many games do they have left, Parrish? they got a two-game lead with five to go – Two on two at home, three on the road. But the road games, I mean, they got Texas, they got Oklahoma State. That could actually be a big one at the end of the season. Oklahoma State might need that to get into the tournament. So that could be a little interesting. But they're going to beat Oklahoma. They're going to beat TCU and Lawrence. So, yeah, this is going to be 13 straight. At the very, very worst, they tie Baylor at the top of the standing. That's it. At the uh, Basically, worst case. I understand there is a scenario under which Baylor could win it outright. But that that is, it ain't happening. Uh, like ba- Baylor can get a share. I- I'll get. Although I wouldn't predict that yet. I think Kansas wins it outright. I wouldn't predict that anymore. I think Kansas does win the thing outright. But even if Kansas loses at Baylor and then we're going down the stretch, at best Baylor's going to tie them for the Big 12 title. And the way that they record such things is a tie is a win. In other words, uh, some of Kansas's past 12 Big 12 titles are actually shared titles. But either way, to keep the streak going, all they ever had to do was share the title. And at this point. I mean, whether you just look at it with your own eyeballs, whether you run the projections, doesn't matter. The conclusion is going to be the same. At worst case scenario, worst case reasonable scenario, Kansas is going to share a 13th straight Big 12 title, more than likely going to uh, win it outright. And I've said this before. Uh, I'll say it again. I'll keep saying it until the streak is broken. Whenever this thing is broken, and it, I assume it will be someday, like Bill's got to retire at some point, um, I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again at the Power 5 level. I think Mike Krzyzewski, the most ACC titles he's ever won in a row is five. Bill's about to have 13 Big 12 titles. And I know some people use this to discount the Big 12, but year in and year out, the Big 12 is one of the top two Kinpom leagues in America. It is a great college basketball league, and the idea that one team could dominate it for uh, 13 straight years. And if not dominate it, let's just state it factually, win it for 13 consecutive years is an amazing, probably underappreciated accomplishment in the uh in the, in the general landscape of sports. I know people in college basketball mostly appreciate it, but in sports, all of sports, it is one of the more amazing uh, runs that uh, uh, that we're witnessing right now. Jackson on the pop-out, back door, down, he left of the lane, lay it good! Let me tell you about SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or for that concert or show you want to attend, and none of the older ticket sites, uh, they wanted to change that. But then SeatGeek came along, thanks. God, SeatGeek came along. They've created an amazing app and a website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. I had some buddies from Memphis who were here in New York uh, on Monday night for uh, the Grizzlies Nets game. They just happened to be here in New York, but the Grizzlies were playing, so they were wanting to go. They was like, hey, we got to find tickets. Where do we find tickets? Where can we buy tickets? You know what I told them, Norlander? 
I think he told him, you know what, I'm going to go to SeatGeek. So go to SeatGeek, dummies. Do you not listen to the Iron College Basketball Podcast? Use the promo code CollegeBB because here's what happens. SeatGeek will uh, send you $20 after you've made your first ticket of purchase. So it doesn't matter whether you're looking for NBA tickets, college basketball tickets, Baseball tickets, baseball season, right around the corner. Let's go Mets. Whatever you're looking for, concert tickets, go to SeatGeek. Go download that app, purchase tickets, use the promo code CollegeBB, and SeatGeek going to send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Again, the promo code, it's CollegeBB. That's SeatGeek, millions of tickets in one place. So I know, Norlander, you were in Raleigh over the weekend. Uh, you went to Duke, North Carolina last Thursday night. Uh, then you were at the NC State uh, game over the weekend where they got destroyed by refresh my memory wake forest right yeah okay 30 points right and you talked to mark godfrey and he was like listen i'm just focused on my job and i'm focused on my job and i'm focused on my job and i think we can still get to the NCAA tournament and i'm focused on my job and whatever uh now everybody in the country seems focused on his job as well and the speculation is not good there are reports that have been denied it should be noted have been denied by the school but reports that nc state has already a decided to remove him and b started reaching out to candidates nc state spokesperson has denied both of those things but it wouldn't surprise me if both of those things are true other reports are uh, making it uh, a little safer saying that godfrey is likely quote likely to be fired at the end of the season and i think that's like we could say that about 15 different guys right now if we wanted to, to write stories about who all is likely to be fired at the end of the season. Likely is a great word when you're trying to report things, but keep yourself in a safe zone. Um, but it, it does look like it's going the wrong direction. Here's my question for you. Is North Carolina State right, smart, to remove Mark Gottfried at the end of this year, assuming this year doesn't turn, out, turn around miraculously? All right, let's let's try and engage in a pragmatic and healthy discussion of speculation here. Um, first, let's let's talk quickly about Gottfried's track run. He has made four of the previous five NCAA tournaments. We'll make it four out of six because they're not going to get there this year, barring right. a miracle run in the ACC tournament. He has averaged well north of 20 wins in his time there. Um, it fell short of expectations in his second or third season in regards to like what what they ended up because they were like a top fifteen preseason team. They were expected to be at the worst, I think, a top six ACC team this year. They're nowhere near that. So, given that, and given the fact that he's got, you know, arguably a top three NBA pick talent on the team this year, in Dennis Smith, who by the way has been very good. It's it's uh, I'll actually have something on CBS Sports later on Wednesday. I talked with Markel Fultz and I talked with Dennis Smith a lot of people don't realize these guys are actually really tight and they all they also both happen to be on teams that have not helped their case <laughs> to get to the tournament but they could be like the top two picks of the draft I know we um, always we always say like hey look at what happened to Ben Simmons now look at what's happened to Markel Fultz now look at what's happened to Dennis Smith um you guys have got to start picking schools where you're surrounded by better talent I wonder if they're going dude we don't care about winning in college basketball. Ben Simmons was the number one pick. Marco Fultz is saying, I'm going to be the next number one pick. Dennis Smith's like, I'm going to be number two pick. It's working out for us okay. I wonder if those, like, from my perspective, like, go to, I don't care where you go. Just go somewhere where you're surrounded by talent so that you're playing on a relevant college basketball team in your only year of college. I wonder if they feel like, like, oh, who cares? I'm, go- I'm about to be a multimillionaire and the top two pick in the NBA draft. Like, why do I care if I'm losing at Washington? Yeah, I got I got a little bit of of that out of out of Smith in terms of of that. He's never experienced losing like this before. Um, it does genuinely seem to bother him. And by the way, NC State was supposed to be relatively talented coming yeah. into the season. I mean, Abdul Malik Abu's got got 
skill. They thought Omir Yurt 7 was going to be, or at least was hoping that he would be available now that he is, but he missed the first part of the season. BJ Anya added like 30 pounds. It's clearly affected his ability and overall impact on the team. So State should have been better. There's no doubt about that. And so now, you know, obviously there's a sieve. This gets out. NC State's not the only team doing this, but it's the only team we're talking about at this stage. Is it fair to Godfrey to get rid of him now? I know State fans want him out, but then you look at the candidate pool and who's realistic. We already talked about how we don't believe that Archie Miller will not take that job. And so who would be the guy that would take the State job? Because if you're State, you're in a weird spot. You're not on the level of the two other teams in the triangle, but you're still a top 40 job. And with that, who are you going to be able to pull in and lure? Um, so, and oh, and one more thing. It... It it's never gonna a school's never gonna on the record confirm this unless it is like it can never be so bad GP that you wouldn't just like if it got that bad and you were gonna fire him inevitably you'd you'd fire him if it was a situation that warranted it so the only time that you'll have a school get into a spot where it openly acknowledges this kind of thing is if um, one the wildfire is so terrible like I don't even think Texas publicly admitted that it was Charlie Strong's last game until like two days before, even when that was an accepted fact. But the only other way this is done is if it's a long-time coach, a tenured coach, an older coach, where it's just like, yep, this is going to be how we just, you know, he cruises, lands the plane, and then he's done. So that was not surprising from NC State whatsoever. Um, I will say this. If they get – we're recording this Wednesday morning. I mean, if they get absolutely demolished by North Carolina and that crowd is 50% uh, UNC blue – I it wouldn't stun me if they decide to just hit the panic button, pull the trigger and fire him. If they really get creamed again by 30 points, that might be something that I think could be could be possible. And then you deal with an interim to finish out the season before uh, hiring somebody else. Uh, here's the deal. Um, so you're exactly right on the record. They're going to miss the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, it'll be this is Mark's sixth year at NC State. Um, he still will, after this thing's over, have gone to four of the past six NCAA tournaments and made two sweet 16s. Like, that ain't bad. Now, let me be clear. If you're an NC State fan who's lost confidence in the future of a program run by Mark Gottfried, like, I, I totally get that. I understand. Like, last year wasn't good. This year has been terrible relative to expectations. I, I got you. Um, but the truth is, in a six-year span, like, looking at it as a whole, pretty good job. He, he, you know, he made four, sweet, uh, four NCAA tournaments in a six-year span and, and went to two Sweet 16s. Just for the purposes of comparison— Jim Laranega, who's never been on the hot seat, um, if he makes the NCAA tournament this year, that he will have been to three NCAA tournaments in a six-year span. Three in a six-year span as opposed to four in a six-year uh, six span for Mark Goffrey. Now, I recognize that the NC State program uh, has higher expectations historically than the Miami program, but, like, should it? I mean, I don't know. You know, is it, is it I, like, I don't know. Um but it does. And so to me, here's the ultimate problem for North Carolina State is that it does, that it's surrounded by Duke and North Carolina. And we've talked about this for years. And then you you look at the past three coaches. Um, you had one in Herb Sindek who went to five straight NCAA tournaments and the fans weren't happy. They pushed him out. 
Um, now you're going to have one in Mark Goffrey who's going to end up going to four NCAA tournaments, two Sweet 16s in a six-year span. Fans aren't happy. Probably going to end up firing him. So here's what that tells me. The only, like, really the only guys who can keep NC State going, like, without a bump in the road, like, NCAA tournament, NCAA tournament, NCAA tournament, never miss it, never miss it, never miss it. They're basically Hall of Fame caliber guys. It's like Tony Bennett. Like, Tony Bennett could keep NC State relevant every single year. For the most part, every other coach is going to have down years every once in a while. You better have a Hall of Fame caliber coach if you want to never take dips, if you want to never, um, you know, miss the NCAA tournament. And NC State can't hire a guy like that. Like, and, and here's why. Because the expectations are out of whack. Because you're always going to be judged next to Caroline and Duke. And that's like, and that's a suicide mission. Because the athletic director, Debbie Yao, doesn't have a good reputation in college basketball circles. And, and like, who knows how much longer she's going to be there. So you take the job right. at NC State. You look up in two years. You don't, you got a brand new boss who may or may not like you. There's just a, right. a whole lot of issues that make it hard for North Carolina State to hire the type of coach that could actually make NC State be what NC State fans want it to be. And so it just feels like they're in a forever cycle. Like, you, like don't ever forget, they didn't want to hire Mark Godfrey last time. Mark Godfrey was doing television after being fired at Alabama. Like, the, the, they didn't want to hire Mark Godfrey. They had to hire Mark Godfrey or somebody like Mark Godfrey because they couldn't get anybody else to take the stupid job. And I'd be, I'll be shocked if it's any different this time around. Because once you realize Archie Miller ain't walking to Raleigh to get it walking to that circle when he can sit around and wait for a better job, where are you turning? Who are you going to get? Like, who Like who? Who blows you away? And so I'm not telling you you got to keep Mark Godfrey. I'm just saying if you think you're going to upgrade significantly um, – you know, you, you, you thought that last time, too. And I guess you can call Godfrey an upgrade over Sidney Lowe, but you get my larger point. Uh, you had to hire a television analyst who got fired at Alabama last time. There's no real reason to think you're going to do much better than that in trying to hire a college basketball coach this time around either. I agree. And we'll see how the Carolina game goes and if there's any update to this when we podcast on Friday. Um, I will be interested to see. How the team responds in terms of how it plays, because UNC is obviously a really, really good team. And then what the local fan base does in terms of being at the game, because what I was this was explained to me by our good buddy Chip Patterson, who's obviously been on the podcast before, and he lives in Raleigh. And uh, he said, what's probably going to happen here is you're going you're to have dispirited state fans that aren't going to go to the game and they're going to give or sell their tickets to their next door neighbors who root for Carolina. And so you could really have a situation here on Wednesday night where the building is not full and, you know, 20 to 40 percent of the fans in the building are, are not wearing red. They're going to be wearing blue. So we'll see what happens. Um, and it's just, you know, this got really public in a, in a really quick way here that I just don't think NC State, even if it was not totally committed initially to firing Godfrey definitively, uh, you know, it's it's now so public that barring the most insane turnaround, uh, they're going to have to part ways. It certainly appears that way. I want to tell you about a new sponsor for the Ion College Basketball Podcast, and that is Harry's Razor. they got a great offer for you right now. I'm sure you are, like me, tired of paying too much for a razor and for the blade that's just probably not that good. If you want a better shave, here's what I want you to do. Go to harrys.com slash collegebb. That's harrys.com slash collegebb. You go there, and Harry's is going to give you uh, the most popular trial set they have for free. It comes with a razor handle of your choice, 
a five-blade cartridge, and some shaving gel. And it's all free when you sign up. You just have to pay a small fee for shipping. It's just a small fee for shipping. That's it. And you're good to go. Again, that's harrys.com slash college BB. I've been personally using Harry's razors for years now, and I can tell you uh, it's a great shave. It's a close, comfortable shave, and you're going to love it, I'm certain, just as much as I do. Uh, sadly, uh, I now have a son who also has to use Harry's razors every once in a while, so that's just depressing on a, about a hundred <laughs> different levels. Oh boy, jeez. Uh, but uh, here's, but here's, what, here's the point. I'm having to buy multiple razors and multiple cartridges for multiple people in my home, and I'm doing it at a more inexpensive rate now, and that's thanks to Harry's razors. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, go to harrys.com slash collegebb. Get that free trial set. You, again, you're going to be getting um, a uh, razor handle of your choice, a five-blade cartridge, and some shaving gel. And then once the free trial set, once that's done, you're going to start getting blades shipped directly to your front door. So guess what? You never have to walk in Walgreens again. Ship directly to your front door at half the price of the leading brand in the traditional stores. Get started now. All you got to do is pay shipping. That's harrys.com slash collegebb. That's harrys.com slash collegebb. Real quick, Norlando, we do got a couple interesting games on Wednesday night. I want to take you through both of them. Uh, the first one, of course, is for Duke at Virginia. Uh, we're playing this one at Virginia, so Duke is going to be an underdog on the road, but undeniably Duke has been playing better. Who you got, Cavaliers, Blue Devils? I do have the Cavs. Duke has been playing well, five-game winning streak. Virginia has been up and down. Uh, they lost one, lost one, lost. They have wins over Virginia Tech and Louisville. Those have come at home, and the losses, Nova, Qs, and Va Tech, a double OT drop on Sunday, Sunday night, Sunday night, Sunday night, that actually recording the podcast, was a loss. That was a big win for Virginia Tech, who, by the way, lost maybe its second best overall player in Chris Clark. But Virginia Tech did get a big win uh, since then. So maybe the Hokies can somehow manage to get a bid. We'll see. Um, the Cavaliers, I think, will win. I have this on the, on the list. I put together the 20 biggest regular season games remaining uh, in a story for CBSports.com to kind of give people an idea of, all right, what do I really need to look for? This game is on that list because... A win here for Duke would, I mean, I think it would be pretty monumental to its to its dossier, if you, for, so to speak. For its NCAA tournament resume, getting a win at Virginia would be pretty big. But at the same time, if Virginia were to lose that game, Cavaliers would be in, in, in a weird spot. They've swept Louisville. Um, they'll still have a good record, still be safe when it comes to seeding and all that. But uh, they got to play North Carolina next. And so if they don't beat Duke on Wednesday night, they could very well be looking at a three-game losing streak and having lost five of their past seven, and their seed would take a big hit. I do think the Cavaliers will win the game. Uh, would be interesting, though, if Duke not only shows up, but if it, it wins in a convincing fashion and everyone clicks again. Now, that didn't totally happen with the home game against Clemson. Um, they won it, but it was low scoring. Tatum hit a big shot late. Um, that's definitely the most important game of the night. I think the Cavs win. And again, to remind the listening audience, I'm on self-ban of any straight-up picks anyway until we get to March. I uh, would take Virginia here, if only because I, I believe I would take – I know Virginia's lost at home, but I think I would probably take Virginia at home against literally anybody in the country. 
Um, so, like, give me Virginia in a close game, but it won't make me think any differently than I think right now about Duke. Uh, I think Duke's a legitimate top 15 team, a, a legitimate Final Four national championship uh, contender in its current form. They can get better, obviously. The ceiling's high. But even if Harry Giles just remains what he is, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not out on Duke. Uh, I, I, I was never completely out on Duke. Um, and they're undeniably playing well. And I won't be shocked if they win at Virginia. But, uh, again, Virginia at home, I'll take them against basically anybody in the country. Virginia at home in a close game. But the better story for college basketball is Duke winning because it'll ratchet up all sorts of conversations about the preseason number one team because that would extend this winning streak, give them a big, big win on uh, in a road game on national television. And keep in mind, like at this moment that we're speaking, Despite all of the adversity, Duke's still only one game back in the loss column uh, for first place in the ACC standings. So, like, uh, everything that they've been through, it's still not off the table that they could end up winning an ACC regular season championship. I don't know that I'm predicting it. I'm just saying it's more possible than folks probably realize. The other interesting game, Maryland at Northwestern. Norlander, who wins it? Oh, boy. I'll say say Maryland uh, on the road. Give me the Terps. I think it'll be a pretty solid game. Northwestern, they're going to the tournament. They got a huge win just after we had finished recording on Sunday night at Wisconsin. Massive victory for the Wildcats. I I maintain that they are going to firmly be in the field. Um, Northwestern's favorite, obviously, but give me the Terps on the road. Big Ten, by the way, GP. I mean, Tom Crean was so critical of his team. On Sunday, um, they have a game in Minnesota they absolutely have to win. And that's on Wednesday night. The Hoosiers need to defeat Minnesota. And by the way, Minnesota is fighting for its tournament life as well. And a win there would do them wonders. But uh, yeah, Maryland Northwestern, man, that's a 7 o'clock tip. I'm going to take the Terps. And I actually think it'll be uh, maybe a, a little more high scoring than people suspect. Give me a big game from Mellow Trimple. Um, I'll take Maryland, if only because Maryland fans have been all over me for the most recent poll attacks column. I wish these people, I was going to use another word, I'll just go with people, would understand. It's not about Maryland being ranked or unranked. I don't care if people rank Maryland. You can reasonably rank Maryland. I don't have Maryland ranked right now based on the quality of the resume uh, combined with the computer rankings, which don't have Maryland among the top 25 or 26 teams either. Got Maryland in the 30s. But if somebody wants to rank Maryland, I'm fine with people ranking Maryland. I just had issue with one voter who dropped Maryland 16 spots for losing a one-point game to Purdue and then the subsequent week moved them up nine spots after losing to Penn State. In other words, they dropped 16 spots for losing to Purdue by one point, nationally ranked Purdue, and then they uh, get moved up nine spots on this AP voters ballot for losing to Penn State, which made me uh, assume that that's got to be the first time in the history of college basketball somebody's moved up nine spots on a top 25 AP ballot immediately after losing to Penn State. <laughs> so that's my issue with Maryland. It ain't got nothing to do with people ranking Maryland. Go Terps. I love Mark Turgeon. So anyway, I'll pick Maryland just so maybe I can get some Maryland fans to be more reasonable toward me. But let's not lie to each other. On a road game, it's going to take a big effort from Melo Trimble. He's going to have to be, follow me here, Devin Downey-like. He needs to be like Devin Downey. Shout out to Devin Downey. You got it in. I was wondering. Shout out to Chester, South Carolina. And that is what she said. Remember, uh, you can subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast on iTunes. That's the best way to get the latest episodes as quickly as possible. So please do that. Thank you for listening. We're going to talk to you again on Friday. Till then, take care.